Mountaintop from the City Harmonic on the Rock 98.5, which may or may not have been chosen deliberately, given who our next guest is on the Rock and Big Breakfast. Yeah, Jordan, we've got with us uh, Dave Rodney out of Calgary. Good morning, David. Well, good morning to young man. It's always a pleasure to talk to Randy Atkinson and all of your listeners. All right, listen, uh, of course, York tonight, uh, Conrad, Rita, your parents, uh, still living in Yorkton, and uh, you became a climber who twice successfully summited Mount Everest. Isn't this getting closer, or did we pass your 20th anniversary of your first time? Well, you know, no, <clears throat> let me explain. It's Independence Day, first of all, in Nepal. Happy, happy day to everyone over on the other side of the world. Yeah, you know, I was so lucky uh, 20 years ago on May 13th, uh, just a couple weeks ago, it was the 20th anniversary of uh, the first summit, and then it happened again two years later. Uh, fascinating that it's uh, a little guy from, from Yorkton, Saskatchewan, that ended up doing that, but I credit uh, my parents, my coaches, my teachers, uh, so many people who taught me how to do what I learned how to do, and it's been a pleasure to pass it on to all sorts of people ever since. Yeah, and you have indeed over those last 20 years. Everest is in the news again, and uh, it seems to be part of the fact that there's uh, too many people on the mountain. Just uh, talk to me a bit about that. Well, you know what? Let's face it. Uh, your job in the media is absolutely critical. One of the reasons I've loved you over the years, sir, is that you, you take the time and you get it right, and not everybody everywhere in the world uh, does that. And i, I got to say, I take issue with, a lot of the stories that are coming out of uh, Mount Everest, let's face it, it is literally the largest mountain on planet Earth. There's a lot of room for a lot of people. Where it becomes a problem is on the summit attempt days. And as you get to 29,035 feet or whatever it is since the earthquake might have knocked a few feet off the top, they say, uh, fact is it narrows considerably. And... When you're at the south summit, the second highest point on Earth, and then you go across to the Hillary Step, it's literally miles if you fall to your left into Nepal, and even more miles if you fall to the right into Tibet. And there's honestly only room for one person to go up, one person to go down at that time. Now consider, it could be 50 below, you could have hurricane force winds, uh, you have 10 times the ultraviolet radiation, there's one-third the amount of air. Taking supplementary bottle oxygen only knocks off a bit of it. And then the weather moves in, and altitude illnesses set in. They can set in as low as base camp, as a matter of fact. So you put all of those things together with some bad luck, and it's an absolute recipe for disaster under the wrong circumstances. So, indeed, one of the factors being if there are too many people at that narrow part of that hourglass at the wrong time, there's going to be trouble. And that just comes with the territory. So it really begs the question, how many permits should the Nepalese government be giving out? So this is one of the poorest countries on earth. This is how they make a lot of their money. Uh, and at the same time, how should people, uh, not police, but coordinate themselves between teams when you get close to the top? But there never is that, is there? I mean, everybody wants to make the push. There's a number of companies who guide. It's important for them to get people up and down because that looks good when the business needs to get more people. Well, Randy, you're a smart man. You know that that's uh, part of the equation. The other part is that uh, on a very base level, to, to have people on your team not come home is about the worst advertising you could ever hope for, let alone... The personal side of things, you just never, ever want that to happen to a climbing mate. 
So I don't want to say back in the day, like I'm an old timer, but in my experience, uh, back in the day, we, we used to have regular meetings between expedition leaders saying, okay, who's going to be where on the mountain when? Who's going to make their summit push on this day and this day and this day? The problem is there aren't that many days. Everest is the only point on planet Earth that actually is in the jet stream. So it can be literally no time or hours or a few hours or a day or a couple of days when that jet stream might move off. If you're not in the right place at the right time, if you're not at camp four acclimatized and ready to go up, you might miss your chance. There might be a couple of spots, and that's why when there's a few too many people at that place at that time going for the summit, uh, unless they are truly staggered, um, it's it's not going to end well. And, and literally, it is a race against time because not only is the weather going to move in, uh, but your body, you're, you're physio- physiologically dying. Your your cells are eating themselves, looking for energy and oxygen anywhere it can find them. So ironically, the muscles that power you up the mountain are literally being eaten away. Now, there was also a big push this year to really try and get uh, a lot of the climbers to come back down the mountain with items to help clean up some of the area. Is that not right as well? Oh, sure. And in fact, uh, way back to going to the 90s, if not the 80s, there were expeditions that literally did not go to climb. They, they went to clean. And so way, way back in the day when Mallory in the 20s and Hillary in the 50s that were climbing uh, fact of the matter is expedition style used to be you would have Sherpas for your Sherpas for your Sherpas for your Sherpas and there would be so many people on the mountain in the attempt to maybe get one or two people from any particular nation to the top and along with that went all sorts of refuse so we're not just talking about uh, tents and oxygen cylinders it's uh, any kind of packaging it's human waste as a matter of fact so in the early decades it was a big problem. I mean, you take a look at uh, the rest of the world, pre, what, 1990, 80, 70, you pick a date, uh, the environmental cause was not as well recognized. And climbers are amongst the cleanest folks I've ever seen. So, um, yeah, it used to be pretty pretty dirty up there. And the fact is the, there were a lot of oxygen uh, canisters up at Camp 4. But they've been taking them down every single year ever since. And uh, if you're a trekker in Mount Everest Base Camp or even in Kathmandu and you find uh, an oxygen bottle uh, that you could take home as a souvenir, the Sherpas realize they can make some money doing that. And I like it when it goes to, to our Sherpa brothers and sisters, our friends, because when you pay ten or 11000 U.S. Uh, for a permit to set foot on the mountain as a climber, yeah, that goes to the Nepalese government, and I'm really not too sure how much of that actually gets on to the causes that it's supposed to, which indeed are the Nepalese people. Yeah, and the Sherpas, who were probably the big heroes on this. You likened it one time, if people want a general experience of, 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 of Everest, uh, put 60 pounds on your back, put a straw in your mouth, and start climbing steps. And you can't, and you can only breathe through the straw. And, he, and you said before long you're going to be stopping to gain your air. Kind of what happens on Everest. Oh, you know, you're right. And uh, I don't know, maybe when I'm home again next time we can do that together, climb the, the <laughs> yeah. water tower or something. But, but then, if we really wanted to, if we wanted to take it a step further and make it a little bit more real, we turn the temperature down to 50 below and uh, add 10 times the UV. 
it's uh, it's pretty surreal. Uh, tell me about uh, your love of the mountain. I mean, from a young boy till now, uh, and you've been able to experience it twice. But uh, the Nepalese people and the Sherpas in the mountain have a special place in your heart, don't they? Oh, they really do. And I think anyone uh, who goes over there has to come back and change person, or else they simply have not been paying attention. Yes, it is some of the most spectacular scenery on the planet, but you'll make the, the best friends you ever could. I've literally seen Sherpas give their shirt off their back for people uh, amongst the poorest in the world, and yet uh, by grade four they might be speaking six or eight languages because of the trekkers that, that come through. So uh, you combine that with the Tibetan Buddhist cu- culture up above, and uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's an experience I'll never forget, and, and I thought if I'm really paying attention, I should be doing something about this. So my wife and I started the Top of the World Foundation for Sherpa Kids over there. And over the years, we've we sent a lot of students to various schools, from tech schools and vocational schools to, to universities. In fact, one of my favorite uh, stories involves the son of the Lama Geshe, who is, you know, they don't do it this way in Buddhism, but he'd be considered... Uh, probably the, the third-ranking uh, official, and his uh, son was very promising. We actually sent him to school, and he ended up going to the United States, believe it or not, to, to take his master's in, in business so that he could go back and he could assist uh, his friends in the Solacumba Valley have better business models so they could have a better quality of life. But when the terrible earthquakes started, the first ones a number of years ago, that killed thousands of people and left many dozens of thousands of people injured and homeless. Uh, who did I see on CNN that night? But our friend, our Sherpa friend, who was studying at the time, helping to raise many millions of dollars of relief for his countrymen and, and countrywomen. So if we had a tiny part in that, then we're honored and humbled and, and proud. Tell you've done great work. Uh, it is a fascination uh, that I liken to the fact that two people know that uh, Mount Everest is the uh, tallest mountain in the world and uh, the biggest ship was Titanic and it sank. Uh, and those are two yeah. things that people really identify with, but uh, certainly the mountain of Mount Everest will still be there. Is it okay? Are you okay with the amount of people that are up there? Well, I'm okay with it as long as they police themselves or organize themselves better. I, I don't want to see a single death on that mountain and I dare say that uh, most accidents could be avoided with uh, either better planning or better preparation, better coordination. So I don't think there are a lot of people that uh, go to Mount Everest that aren't ready for it, but it's really incumbent upon an expedition leader to make darn good and sure this person is in the best possible shape mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, in every way. You combine that with... Uh, weather that cooperates and good luck and you might get yourself high in the mountain, you might even summit, but the important thing is coming back home because no rock is worth dying for, that's for sure. We have a wonderful world back here. Uh, I'm in Canmore, I'm the CEO of Tourism Canmore, Canaskis, so between here and Yorkton, Saskatchewan, uh, and the flatlands in between. Holy smokes, we've got gorgeous places to visit. We've got wonderful people to spend time with and, and incredible experiences with family and friends that uh, are not worth unnecessary risks. At the same time, if there's no risk in life, not sure it's worth it. Let's just take calculated risks so it truly can go back and do it again and share the experience with others. It's always a pleasure. Dave Rodney, formerly of Yorkton out of Calgary, say hi to Jen and the boys when you get an I opportunity. 
And uh, thanks for doing this, buddy. Always appreciate it talking to you at any time, especially about Everest. Thanks for this. You're a great man, Randy. Best wishes to everyone in the Arlington area. Cheers. Bye, Mom and Dad.